0: Here's the scenario. Your insurance company is denying your long-term disability claim despite the fact that you've paid premiums for years and your own doctor insists that you're not well enough to work. If this sounds familiar, call Goldfinger Personal Injury Law. You'll speak with me, Brian Goldfinger, a licensed and experienced lawyer who practices exclusively on behalf of accident victims, disability claimants, and their families. Visit goldfingerlaw.com and get us working for you.
1: Held under 100, a game with a bunch of great counter punches from both teams, the Charlotte Hornets and the Toronto Raptors, but a game that probably will be talked about most for the way it ended, a couple great three-pointers from Kyle Lowry, and a questionable call or two that was made that really had a large impact on the game. 99-96, to 96, the Raptors fall to the Charlotte Hornets, second game in a row that they've had some struggles offensively. This is the Raptors Reaction Podcast. I'm your host, Samson Folk. So let's jump into what was a disappointing game, but not a game that started out disappointing, at least not to my eye. I thought the Raptors, especially on defense, they did a great job of stepping out into the game playing a really great brand of that obviously we're used to seeing the Raptors play great defense it's been the trademark of this year it's what they're known for league wide and that's just who the Raptors are at this point although they they are a very good offensive team and certainly they have enough options although some are missing Serge Ibaka Marcus All out tonight and you can throw Fred Van Vliet on that list as well another player who's out so the Raptors the the injury bug is seemingly never going away. Fred injured on a screen in the Milwaukee game, apparently. Hopefully not out too long. But the Raptors, they just have to keep trying to plug away and provide some sort of semblance of a basketball team, even as they're robbed of their whole front court, basically. And defensively, I thought that they they got everything together pretty quickly. Maybe we saw shades of that defense that they played against the Minnesota Timberwolves really swarming Bismack when he was in the paint, playing aggressive brand of basketball against the the guards for the Hornets as well. So we have Rondé Hollis-Jefferson fronting a lot of the time, or if he's not fronting, you have the guards digging in for steals. And early on, I think that was very successful. The Raptors were controlling the pace and had really great defense to start the game out, doing a really great job of getting steals. I think OG finished with six or seven steals, which is a career high for him, finished with six. And that was a very big part of the Raptors' early offense was them getting out in transition. But you could tell from the outset, the Raptors, A, weren't generating very good looks in the half court and sometimes just weren't hitting enough three-pointers or shots at all to make the the work that they put in to create shots worth it. They ended up going 10 of 43 in the game, but outside of Norm Powell and Kyle Lowry, they shot 3 of 20. Yeah it's a pretty bad percentage and definitely if you can't shoot it that well you're going to see a defense load up in the paint the hornets from the outset as long as it wasn't in transition did a good job of handling the raptors near the basket pascal did his thing of course you know the raptors had quite a bit of work in this game from the the free throw line which credit to them to try and get there and sniff out some fouls to get some to manufacture some points but just not very effective at creating in the half court definitely working in the Hornets' favor in that way and not being able to punish them from downtown. Mind you, the Hornets, pretty good tra- uh, rotations, I should say, doing a great job of closing out. But the Raptors, sometimes the ball would go side, top, side, and the you know they just wouldn't finish the play. And that's tough pill to swallow because you have to believe in the process of your offense. You have to believe when you take good shots. And that's one of the most difficult things in the NBA is to properly evaluate when you're creating good shots and you're just missing them and you need to stick to that process or whether you need to change things up. And Kyle Lowry has always been a pretty good identifier of that within the Raptors. It's just that without Fred Van Vliet in this game and Lowry playing 38 minutes, those 10 minutes we saw and largely filled by, I I suppose Patrick McCaw, Terrence Davis, those were really bad minutes for the Raptors offense. I think with Macaw, who was minus 16 and adversely Pascal Siakam plus six, Lowry plus five. I know single game plus minus isn't, that doesn't tell everything, but it can give you an idea of where to look. And if you watch the game, sometimes it can, I guess, validate maybe a stance, but don't ever just go to it for, I suppose, your your whole worldview on how a game or how a player played. But the Raptors, they struggled Sans lowry They had a couple dry minutes that they, they spelled doom for the Raptors at the start of the second quarter, and the Raptors, after having that great start to the game where they were getting on transition, getting a lot of successful digs and steals on the inside, playing decent defense against the Hornets, the, the Hornets seemed to kind of figure it out just a little bit in that they were doing a great job of passing around the Raptors' moving defense. I thought that they were impressive to end the first quarter, the Raptors... That offense drawing up and that's where we saw things get a little bit problematic going into the second quarter down two. The Hornets bumped the lead up to thirteen and then fifteen and it was kinda of worrisome and that was where the Raptors they were fighting to get back into the game from that deficit. That was the whole thing this game. And they eventually took the lead towards the end, of course not ending up in a win, but that fifteen point deficit. That was what they were fighting back from the whole game, and that was pretty much where all the energy went was trying to get back in the game. And credit the the Hornets for counterpunching quite often, but that was where the Raptors, I think, lost the game because they spent so much of it trying to get back in it. And the Raptors, missing a presence on the inside, I think was a big part of it. The Hornets, especially in that second quarter to start things off figuring out how to use one of Hernan Gomez or Biombo to disrupt the Raptors' defense in the middle, floating him out just above the paint, having him cut in sometimes, and basically just wreaking havoc, making it so that the baseline was wide open for cuts or for jump shots, and the Raptors' defense finding it difficult to to contain the Hornets at times and the Hornets were willing to pass they made intelligent passes I thought that they did a good job for a long stretch in that second quarter the Raptors just not able to contend things did turn around a little bit nurse it seemed grasping at straws a little bit he went to Siakam at center which is very rare this season and well ever Siakam doesn't really profile as a center not even really in small ball it's He still likes to play the four, and with the way the Raptors play and Gasol and Abaka on the squad, usually that when they get, you know, very, I guess it would be, if they want to mess around, if they want to experiment, they actually slide Siakam to the three, usually, and they go super big, which is something I like about the team a lot. They let their guards play small and they let their bigs play big, and that's one of the unique things about the Raptors. But in this game, Not really available. So Siakam goes to center. He's able to take the mismatches he has on offense. And he's able to help get the Raptors a little bit closer. To end out the second half, the Raptors still having a really tough time outside transition. Still down at halftime. And when Siakam came in at center, I think it was... They had a better defensive stretch. It was decent to end that second quarter. And had a couple baskets for himself. And the Raptors finding a little bit of success off of his uh, the attention he's attracting but overall still struggling a lot and counter punching to start the second half I thought that that was where Lowry came alive and Siakam Rondé Haas Jefferson as well those three playing a very impressive brand of basketball I think to start that that uh, third quarter but credit to the Hornets still doing a great job of counter-punching. The Raptors got it within five on the back of Siakam scoring. Lowry's floor game, Rondé Hollis-Jefferson, a pretty good stint defensively, but the Hornets getting that counter-punch in, figuring it out, passing around, getting their open shooter shots, and that was one of the biggest things in this game is that the Hornets were making the, I guess those swing shots that we're used to seeing the Raptors make. Kyle Lowry has a lot of them in the game. I thought he did a good job. Norm Powell as well, but... Guys like Pascal Siakam or Terrence Davis II, guys who the Raptors can reliably, well, they rely upon these guys to make triples when the defense falls off or slacks off a little bit and allows that space. They weren't really hitting. I think they combined for one of nine. And OG Ananobi, I thought, had a really great offensive game. Not super great because, you know, it can always be better, but I thought he did most of his damage on the inside, which... That's good for him. We like to see that because it's nice to see that his offensive game doesn't come and go with this three-point shot anymore. That's super impressive to see, and that's a trend over the past couple of games. So shout out to that. But if he were able to command a bit of gravity as a shooter, things might have been a little bit easier for Siakam and Co. on the inside. However, comma, the Raptors still having a really tough time scoring. Even though OG's doing his thing, even though Kyle is starting to push a little bit and even though Norm is definitely adding a really nice punch offensively to the Raptors lineup, there's just not enough going towards a the rim. There's not enough for the Raptors to do there. Still super reliant on the three point shots and clearly missing a presence on the inside, whether it's Ibaka and the, the short roll, his little floater, his hook shots, his mid-range jumper, or Gasol, his ability to run split action and open up lanes for people to make cuts. A, a ton of different things, both of their work in the pick and roll or pick and pop. They just don't have that. And this wasn't the game for Boucher because the, the Hornets were really sitting back. And Boucher is really great at attacking a defense that's maybe in motion more often than not. And the, the Hornets, they definitely they did a good job of staying, standing pat and making the Raptors beat them. And it was a good principled defense. And the Raptors, they struggled against that in this one. And the Raptors, they led by Kyle Lowry, of course. They really hard-charging in that fourth quarter, the last five minutes. Super frantic, enough to take the lead. We had Kyle Lowry drawing fouls, Kyle Lowry hitting threes, Kyle Lowry getting to the bucket. Really smart play from him. And I thought that the game came down to just shot-making. And a credit to the the Hornets, but Devontae Graham hitting threes down the stretch... Terry Rozier hitting threes down the stretch. Miles Bridges as well. P.J. Washington mixing in some shots near the rim, little push shots, kind of what he's known for, doing a decent job of providing a little bit of variability to the Hornets' offense. And Bismack creating extra possessions, doing a good job rotating defensively. They gutted out the win. The Hornets, you know, they did their best. It's not their fault that the refs had that call at the end. I mean, the Hornets... As far as I'm concerned, they earned the win because there was a lot of counter-punching they did that was impressive, and they did it against the defending champs and against Kyle Lowry, who was storming his way to a win, it looked like. And so I think there's roughly two minutes to go. Lowry hits a three after Devontae Graham splits a pair of free throws. So Lowry hits that three. They tie the game up at 93. Lowry knifes to the rim. His next time down for a layup, but the next, the next time down for the Hornets, Miles Bridges hits a three-pointer, and that was kind of where you're like, ah, damn, they they have the counterpunch. They're they're doing a great job making shots. So credit the Hornets for that. Lowry drawing a foul against P.J. Washington next time down the floor, and he thought, okay, this is where he takes it over. He'll do this for the rest of the game. He split a pair of free throws, tie game at that point, 96-96. Devonte Graham with, I think, 35 seconds left or so, enough to make it a two-for-one near the end of the game. He, he heaved up a three-pointer that rimmed out. It was a good look, honestly. And Lowry, he and Norm Powell both getting a shot to, to win it from, from downtown, both of them missing the ball collected from the Hornets, or, sorry, by the Hornets down the stretch. They pass ahead to Miles Bridges, who might have been able to just dunk for a win and the timeout was called as soon as they collected it. So they were kind of upset about that. But the Raptors, they get a shot to defend the game, send this thing into overtime. And it just so happens that Terry Rozier, in what I thought was, I get why the refs called it. I totally do. And I do, I, A, I don't think it's a foul. I think it is a bit of a flop. But it's tough to say that knowing that Kyle Lowry would do the exact same thing on the other end. And would try to do the same thing. But just not a very smart play of Rondé Hollis Jefferson to put hands on Terry Rozier. Rozier exaggerated the contact, went to the ground. It's tough, I think, for a ref to look at that and not call it just because there's such a fixed eye on the game at that point. And that sucks, right? That's that's the worst part of the game is that we're caught in the technicalities now of what is a very competitive game down the stretch. But, you know, Rozier was trying to come off staggered screens, Hollis Jefferson met him with some contact. Rosier exaggerated it. So that's a foul before the ball got uh, checked in, before it was inbounded. So Rozier goes to the line, hits a free throw, and then the, the Hornets get to inbound the ball as well. The Raptors foul, hoping to extend the game, obviously. Send Devontae Graham to the line. He makes both. They're down three. They probably get more than five seconds to inbound the ball. It felt like Lowry finds Powell who's streaking towards the the right corner where I guess that would be... It's not the same corner. It's the opposite corner of the one where Kawhi Leonard hit his infamous shot. He he hits the rim. It wasn't particularly close. The Raptors lose this one. And in a game that was a little bit disappointing, it, it felt like the Raptors could never get unstuck in the half court, which was... It couldn't be anything but tough to watch that, you know, because the Raptors, they they are a, they're a very talented offensive team. They have way too many things going on to lose a game like this. But on the other hand, you look at all the guys that are missing and the type of offense they have to try and play, the type of defense they have to try and play, and just all the moving parts that are consistently part of every game now for the Raptors. They have almost no semblancy of consistency. And they're still playing competitive basketball within. It's impressive, but it's also disappointing to lose. And this was a game where they lost. So that's two in a row for them. This could end up coming back to bite them in the race for the, the second seed. I, that's that's feasible for that to happen. The Celtics, they have a tough schedule down the stretch. Same as the Raptors. But the Raptors, you know, they, they've done a great job of winning. And hopefully it doesn't come down to this game biting them in the butt down the stretch because this is a team they're supposed to beat. They're really great at beating teams that are under 500, but now without their front court, things get more complicated. Not every team is the Minnesota Timberwolves and what was a unique strategy in that game now seems like you don't want to be doing that every game because it's so exhausting and the the Hornets were a much better defensive team than the Timberwolves, so they made you work just as hard offensively as you had to work defensively to guard the paint with a small a small team. So really tough game. The Raptors, they just could not figure it out in this one. And that's, you know, them's the breaks. That's sometimes that's just how it shakes out. But the Reggie Evans Award, I think definitely should go to OG Ananobi. I thought that he had a fantastic game, helped out a ton on the glass. I think that's something he's been really impressive with. Lately and even like the past couple months, I think, he's been very impressive helping out on the glass. He's definitely had an uptick in that that space. His box outs, the way he's been able to go up and get rebounds, impressive stuff. And helping out a lot because that is an area of the game. The Raptors need to shore up. Six steals, that speaks for itself. That's like prime. Chris Paul, that's a crazy amount of steals and can only speak to a fantastic game defensively. It's not like a Steph Curry or James Harden steal game where they're kind of picking and and risking it all to try and get steals just so they can get easy baskets on the other end. OG Ananobi is principled and not risk-averse defensively and can still, just with his, his brain, his muscles, and his quicks, he can get to six steals. And I thought he did such a great job. So the Reggie Evans Award goes to him naturally. The top quick reaction comment is from Moderate Observer says well deserved loss. I don't mind if every time they come out with a don't give a expletive vibe, they lose and nobody's entitled to a win. Yeah, certainly in the NBA nobody's entitled to a win. I it was palpable from the Hornets. There was a, a very high level of compete on their end. The Raptors, save for a couple players, definitely a bit of malaise, I would say and just didn't have it in in this game and certainly they're not entitled to a win. It's tough to come in and and take a game from an NBA team who's invested in getting the win for themselves and certainly in the NBA there's very few teams who can just waltz into, you know, an an arena and and just on talent alone win games. I think it was what was the heat? The Heatles were 8 and 7 or maybe 8 and 9. At one point in their season, well, I guess 17 games into the year, that would be at that point in their season. But they had LeBron James, Chris Bosh, and Dwayne Wade, and they were still below 500 for a portion of the year. So not everything is just on talent. The Raptors, a team we've come to understand to be wonderful and will try so hard and play a great brand of basketball, they they were missing some of the components in this one. And so, moderate observer, I agree with you. It's uh. They not, I don't know if it's well-deserved. It's tough for me to say what is deserved and isn't, but the Raptors, certainly, I would say that the Hornets deserve to win. They, played, they had a good game plan. They, definitely, they knew where to attack the Raptors. They did a good job picking their spots, and they hit their shots down the stretch, the shots they needed to. So impressive stuff from them. But for me, that's it. Thanks for tuning in. But whether you're getting into this in the morning or at night, have a blessed day and goodbye.
0: The Home Depot has holiday savings of up to 40% on select appliances, like a Whirlpool four-door French door refrigerator for just $15.98. It's perfect for a busy kitchen full of helping hands. That's where its fingerprint-resistant stainless steel finish really shines. Order online and get free delivery. Holiday appliance shopping improved. Up to 40% off select appliances. Now at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Continental U.S. only. Wasp last. Valid through December 2nd. Free delivery on orders $396 or more. The huh?